Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We're studying again today in Genesis chapter number 4, and we have been in Genesis chapter 4 for one previous Bible study, so this will be our second in this fourth chapter, and we are continuing in this narrative of Cain and Abel. Now, this is a lesson that we've learned as children, maybe growing up in Sunday school, something very familiar, but it's not just a tale for the little ones. It's a lesson for those of us uh, of all ages, and we'll see it here today, and we'll get into that in just a moment. I hope you're having a great day today, and I'm, I'm praying that you're praying for the condition of our country and the condition of the world around us, and as a Christian, we got to pray for rapture every day. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. They're saying, well, I'm praying for peace, and peace on earth. And I said, well, there won't be peace on earth until the Prince of Peace is reigning uh, in Jerusalem. And that's not going to happen until after a time called the Tribulation. And before that ever takes place, I'm getting out of here. A flight without an airplane, transportation on silver wings. I'm waiting on rapture, not looking for wrath. Amen. And Jesus is coming soon. And we ought to pray that prayer every day. Lord, be a good day for you to come back. And let me say this, if you've got lost loved ones, it ought to motivate you to be a soul winner. It ought to motivate me to be a soul winner because time is short. Our redemption draweth nigh. And if folks don't get born again, they're not going to get born again in the tribulation period. Uh, I promise you that. We better get out there and get the gospel to those who are one heartbeat from eternity. But our world is in such a mess. And it looks like things are falling apart. But I'm glad God is in control and they're not falling apart with God. They're falling right into place, and everything's working right according to God's time and to God's plan and schedule. All right, let's get here. Genesis chapter number 4. We'll begin reading again in verse number 1. We read this yes, uh, last broadcast, but let's get into it. And Adam knew Eve's wife. She conceived. By the way, that's God's plan. A man and a woman, amen, united together. And the offspring of that blessed union is children. And you'll never find a man and a man produce offspring or a woman and a woman. Why? Because it's unnatural. It's an abomination. It is not right. I am so, uh, I don't even know the word. I guess heartbroken. I'm so disturbed. It makes you angry because of the effect it has on our nation and the attack it has on our children. But I saw the other day where Joe Biden the White House, the official account, put out a tweet, put out an Instagram post, how they will forever stand with the LGBT community. And I just want to ask why. What benefit does that add to our nation? How does that benefit society? How does that better our children? How does that add any kind of positive influence whatsoever to the world? It does not. It's a shame when they kneel for the anthem and stand for queers. It's just a bad day. God did not ordain that, and God is not for that. And I know you you and I as Christians, we got to be careful. We get desensitized to it, but God will not redefine terms because you got desensitized. All right, so Adam and Eve, his wife, they knew each other. She conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? 
And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Now we talked about this last broadcast. This Bible tells us that there's a time when these boys brought an offering before God. And it's very telling just in the text and the language thereof how that Abel brought the best that he had and Cain brought whatever he had at hand. And there's a lesson to be learned there. God is not impressed with you giving. God is interested in the attitude. It's not quantity. It is quality with God. And you and I need to be careful not to give God leftovers, not to give God second hand, not to give God something out of the dented section or that which has been blemished. We got to give God the best. You are not robbing God. You're robbing yourself when you don't do that. You're missing out on what God could give. I promise you this. You can't outgive God. You can't outgrace God. You can't outlove God. You can't outgenerous God. You can't outbless God. And you go ahead and attempt to and watch how good God is in your life. But these boys brought their offering. Cain looked at his things and said, you know what? I want to keep that. I want to keep this. I want to keep the other. But here's something I don't really care about. Let me give that to God. Whereas Abel looked across his offering. He saw what he had to give and said, you know what? God's been so good to me. I want to be as good as I can be back to God. And he looked and said, I'm going to take the best of what I have and give it to God. And the Bible said the response is, God was pleased, had respect unto Abel's offering, but he wasn't pleased at all with Cain's. Now, listen, don't you get mad at God when when you do wrong. Isn't that how it often is? We sin, we mess up, we do something stupid, and then we find out that judgment follows sin. There is retribution and consequences for our actions. And we blame God for the consequences that we brought on ourselves by our willingness and choice to do wrong. I talked about that with our young people in our Christian school. You have the power to choose. Everybody wants to say, I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. Well, that's a scary thing to have the power to choose. You do, though. You're a free agent. You have a free will. You can make a choice, but you don't get power to choose your consequences. Consequences are in God's department. And you can choose to sin if you want to, but I'll tell you this. The Bible's right. The pleasure of sin is for a season, and the wages of sin is death, and sin equals judgment every single time. When you do wrong things, there's going to be a result. When you do bad things, there's a result. When you sin, there's ramifications for the sin. And so Cain should not be surprised. He knew in his heart that he was being shady about this sacrifice. He should not have expected anything less. God is going to be fair. God is just, and God is going to reward according to the action. And so here we see that God did not have respect. And because of that, Cain was wroth. Cain gets mad. He's the one who brought this on himself. Don't you get mad? Hey, listen, don't you get mad at God when your family falls apart after you took him out of church? Don't you get mad at God uh, because your marriage isn't working out whenever you can't get yourself to Sunday school. Don't you get mad at God. Hey, don't you get mad at God when your children don't want old-time religion when you sit around the dinner table and you just absolutely ran down the preacher, ran down the, uh, the singing, questioned the Bible, and you were a scorner. You get what's coming to you. You can be wroth if you want to, but it's never justified. You deserve what you get, and so do I whenever we transgress. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why hast thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? God is saying, Hey, listen, Cain, it's not like it's not like I wasn't going to be good to you and haven't been good to you. I'd love on you like I loved on Abel if you'd just simply do right. That's right. Sometimes we think, well, they're just God's favorite. And God doesn't play favorites. 
God loves you. God loves me. God loves His children. But some folks are mad they're not blessed when they won't live blessable. God's not going to bless disobedience. God's not going to bless uh, your uh, uh, being less than genuine. God's not going to bless the facade and the formality and going through the motions. You'll get what's coming to you. God will bless you and God will bless me. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. He said, that's just what's going to happen. You're going to feel the sting. You're going to feel the bite. You're going to feel the lash of that whip, if you will, if you don't do right. Verse number 8, here's the response. Cain could have said, God, you're right. He could have humbled himself, repented, and got it fixed. But instead, he rises up, and he kills his brother. If you want to make it in life, a lot of that hinges on how you respond to correction. How you respond to being helped. <laughs> helped. You say, well, it's criticism. It is counsel. It is help. How you take preaching can make or break your family. Whenever you do wrong, if you refuse to hear counsel and you refuse to take correction, it's going to lead you down a deep, dark path. And it's amazing. You see the amount of bitterness and vitriol and hatred that some people have in their life toward church or a pastor or the things of God. And it all stems from their own pride because they would not, even though they know they're wrong in their heart, they would not allow God to help them get it right. And you might not commit murder physically, but you're just as deep down in your heart and in your spirit because you refuse to receive correction and get it right. There is no telling how deep down of depths we'll find ourselves in if we don't take correction when it's offered to us from godly sources. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'll continue in this chapter next broadcast. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.